We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Not bad, Nick. Team USA, the FIBA stuff starting to kick off, and let's have a bit of a chat about it. Yeah, let's jump right into it. As always, you can find the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Hit that subscribe button, drop a review, and give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But let's start with Team USA. Oh, I thought we were going to start with the Boomers and Josh Giddy leading <laughs> the Australians to gold, but no, nah, we'll stick with Wrong Team podcast, USA now. <laughs> Maybe Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson can do that because we saw them you know, play quite nice against Puerto Rico. There's another exhibition game tonight. But Nick, I want to ask you overall, because I think the Team USA experience can have a, a pretty positive impact on, on the players that come back you know, to NBA basketball and how it allows their the next step for their careers. Do you think that we could see a similar trajectory for our guys in Cam J and Mikhail Bridges? Yeah, I think one thing that sticks out from, you know, working with Team USA, not only, you know, the opportunity to practice against other great players and build those relationships, but you're working with different NBA head coaches or other coaches that are obviously at the highest level and they can kind of teach you small little details and help you improve your game. I think overall, you just kind of build another level of confidence and also you kind of play a different role. You know, you play in a different style than what you're used to and that kind of forces you to improve. You know, you put yourself in a difficult situation, you're going to come out of it a little bit better. And I think there's just a lot of growing opportunities for Mikhail and Cam. Yeah, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges led the team in, in scoring with 15 and 14 points, respectively, in that game. And it just looked like the fluidity and style of, of play that Steve Kerr has implemented at Team USA is going to suit them because I think it could be a similar style that we see the Nets try to implement in terms of ball movements, being a bit more reactive, defense to offense, you know. Suddenly, you know, Mikel Bridges is getting cooked on 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 all social media. I don't know when that started <laughs> happening, but I I think you know him him being like a, a key focal point and a key leader. You know, him, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brunson, you know, Brandon Ingram, these sort of guys, Jaron Jackson Jr. are going to be big, you know, big drivers of of Team USA's possible success. And Mikel's going to have to do it on both ends of the floor. We know he can do that, but I'm just interested, intrigued to sort of see as well as like. Maybe the relationships that could be performed behind the scenes as well, which we all know has had an impact on on super teams being formed with LeBron James back in the day, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You know, let's say back in the day, it's it, it feels and like DeAndre Jordan got tagged along. 
Exactly, because of his his two USA links as well. So, look, maybe it means Anthony Edwards and Brandon Ingram and Jaron Jackson Jr. are making their way to Brooklyn, but I don't think that that's likely. But I think Anthony Edwards maybe because he started following the Nets on Instagram. But you know, that's probably a discussion for another day. But I think overall. The experience that, you know, representing your country, also getting the reps, continuing to play basketball, heading into pre heading into preseason, uh, as well as camps and all those different things once the FIBA basketball does end, I think it's going to be a pretty positive thing. I know some people out there have had their reservations about possible injuries happening, but I don't think that that's that big of a deal. Like, it's not like it's Kevin Durant with the Olympics. You know, Kevin Durant was leading your team, you know, say, you know, in Tokyo and playing ungodly minutes and still leading the team uh, to that gold medal that they they won eventually but in in saying that are there any reservations nick do you think that this will ultimately be a, a positive experience overall for for our two guys yeah i definitely think it'll be positive and like you said you know you're not really nervous about the injury stuff because one they're not carrying a, a huge load and then also if they weren't you know playing in these games they'd probably be scrimmaging somewhere you know, so it's not like they wouldn't be playing basketball. It's just more publicized because it's for Team USA. And we see the highlights and we're going to talk about highlights later from one of the Nets who's been active in a lot of scrimmages. So I don't think it really matters. They're going to play basketball regardless. That's what they do. That's what they love. That's what we love as well, Nick. We love Nets basketball. We love all basketball in, in saying that. But I want to get to any more Team USA thoughts before we move on to our next topic. No, not really. I think we covered it and we'll just kind of see what the results are. I think, you know, certain players benefit more. Other players don't necessarily get as much. So we'll see what it, you know, works out for Cam and Macau. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to sort of say I'll be watching very, very closely as I have been already. But two of those guys are going to be in our starting five, Nick. The other three, you know, okay, maybe the other two. Yeah, I was going to say. up for debate because <laughs> I, I, I just caught myself there before I said something incredibly stupid. Obviously, we know Nick Claxton. We'll have a discussion about him later too. But the final sort of two spots could be up for grabs. Now, I sort of put out my 
general thoughts about, you know, if Ben Simmons is healthy again, the if, you know, the best report will be coming back in a big way very soon, ladies and gentlemen. But in saying that, I said Ben Simmons, I'd rather have him starting if he's healthy over a healthy Spencer Dinwiddie because I think Spencer can acclimate a bit better with the the second units. I think his playmaking would be pretty valuable. And I think the defense that he could, you know, enforce uh, in comparison to a Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, I think would be incredible. And I think that's where the Nets really need to you know, focus on those strengths of defense and then throwing in Dorian Finney-Smith. Now, you know, I've had discussions with the Nets Kingdom guys. They think Spencer and Ben could start together. Uh, do you have, outside of Nick Claxton, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, a general idea of what you want to start, what you think will start. What I think will start is likely Spencer over Ben because I think the Nets will be cautious with Ben and he'll come off the bench, even if I like that or not. What do you think, what do you want when it comes to this net starting five? And obviously, we preface this conversation with the fact that it's happening in August before a lot of other things have happened. Yeah, I think what you said, you know, what I think will happen is Spencer Dinwiddie will start. I think he's almost a lock to start given, you know, how much he carried the offense last year in terms of creation and scoring. And then also his relationship with Jacques Vaughn, Sean Marks, and kind of how the organization views him. It'd be very unlikely for him to come off the bench to start the season. Maybe it could happen, you know, further down the line, but I think to start the year, it'll likely be Spencer Dinwiddie. And I think there could be an argument for, you know, Ben Simmons versus Dorian Finney-Smith, but also I think at this point in time and August, we still have to see Ben look healthy and not only look healthy, but look confident on the floor. You know, at times last year, he was probably semi-healthy, but didn't look confident. And other times he wasn't healthy and wasn't confident. So I think he still has some time before he can get into the starting lineup. You know, if he comes back and he's, you know, very close to the player we saw in Philadelphia and really running the show and creating, and he can find some level of chemistry to be successful with Nick Claxton, which is a huge question mark. You know, obviously we know Spencer and Claxton can work because Spencer can shoot the three ball. Ben, obviously that's not part of his game. Will he be able to do enough other things on the floor to make that, you know, combination work? I'm not really sure. And I think that'd be something we'd have to see for the first, you know, two months of the season before I'm really comfortable with Claxton Ben being, you know, the primary starting lineup. And obviously Claxton has done everything right to earn that spot and really is the only, you know, NBA level center on the Nets roster. Do you think I'm being a bit naive about the Ben and Claxton combo? I made that comparison point in, in previous episodes with, you know, if the Nets were to get Tyler Hero and Tyler Hero and Michaela, I uh, Katie and Kyrie light, but in, in, I guess more the point that I alluded to earlier about the defensive chops that Ben has over a Spencer. And if you have a lineup where it's your worst defender on the floor is Cam Johnson, and even he's looking really great defensively as a Brooklyn net and even, you know, a little bit in, in team USA as well. Do you think that the nets should experiment with that a little bit? You know, once Ben is healthy, because if you have a lineup where it's Ben, Cam, Mikhail, DFS, Nick Claxton, those five defenders are borderline elite in all of the in in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think it would probably work against bad defensive teams. You know, teams that really can't defend and you can just attack the paint. And obviously, a lot of that depends on Ben. You know, does Clax start shooting corner threes? Maybe. You know, is that something that they could potentially add this year? I'm not really sure. So. It's just tough because obviously Katie and Kyrie are elite, elite, elite tier of offense and the Nets don't necessarily have an elite, elite tier of offensive player. You know, Mikel Bridges is very good, was awesome at the end of last season. You know, Cam Johnson was great in the playoffs, wasn't necessarily that great in the regular season. You know, 
if it's Tyler Hero, maybe that does make a difference because he's another great offensive player. But it just is very tough in this age of the NBA, unless Ben Simmons is close to prime level Ben Simmons, where he's just applying a ton of pressure at the rim, able to finish through contact, finish through multiple defenders, and Claxton and him get very creative in what they do. And that's also, I think, dependent on Claxton expanding his offensive game, not even just to shooting. You know, is he a little bit more comfortable in that short range to mid range? Do they find ways and angles to really work out there? And, you know, does that third player that's not Cam Johnson or Mikel Bridges, you know, knock down threes at a very high rate to kind of force that extra level of spacing? And also, you know, I know I'm rambling on, but another level too is, you know, the scheme of the offense, how much movement and how much is going on, you know, for all five players on the floor. Cause we've seen golden state have success. And obviously they have the most elite shooter ever in Steph Curry, but also some of those components is related to their offense and the movement and just kind of keeping defenders very, very busy. Yeah. And I think Ben would fit well into you know, a more movement-based sort of offense in terms of ball movement, player movement. I think his skill set would fit well there. Again, me, you know, the BS report is is on its way back and I'm already thinking very highly of Ben Simmons and what he could provide the Brooklyn Nets. But I just think that there are opportunities for him, opportunities for Spencer in a sort of secondary role because I think that would allow him to be a bit more of an efficient offensive player when it came to his scoring. Similar you know, to I, Dallas. Similar to Dallas, yeah, exactly, where he, he backed up Luca pretty pretty body ably. And it, it wouldn't mean, you know, that he's not closing games. I think Spencer would close a lot of games because he finished games as you know, the leading clutch shooter when it came to volume and, and efficiency and all those different things. But yeah, just something to ponder, not necessarily saying things are set in stone, just throwing questions out there, throwing different combinations out there. I think that there are, I want to see, you know, we've spoken about this with, previous iterations of, of Nets teams and Nets rosters is that the Nets have some flexibility in terms of maybe not so much offensively, but defensively. So we, I want to see some of those different combinations to see what works and with those five man combinations, you know, some people throwing out Dennis Smith Jr. And Darius Baisley, Trenton Watford, all these sort of guys. There's a lot of good guys in this Nets roster, but as you alluded to Nick, I think offense in today's day and age is probably more important than ever. And I think sp- Spencer is just a more steady offensive player, reliable offensive player in terms of his ability to just create, you know, a, a three-point shot for himself and others. Ben can certainly do it for others well. But yeah, I think that it, it's it's right to to just be a bit more steady, a bit more reserved. And obviously Spencer's relationship, as you alluded to there. But yeah, there I think that there could be some competition if we see Ben back fit and firing. And yeah. we'll be diving deep into that with a bit of a series going forward with the Brooklyn Buzz. But any final thoughts on the Nets starting five before we get to our starting five big man? Yeah, I think another thing that's potential, uh, you know, in a combination of lineups, and this isn't necessarily starters, is just kind of how, you know, Treden Watford and Darius Baisley would fit next to Ben Simmons in a bench unit lineup or Dorian Finney-Smith and just those combination of different guys. So you're not necessarily playing a true center, but you're playing a couple guys that have played small ball center and kind of have played the quote unquote big position. So just some different ideas and flexibility, like you mentioned with this Nets roster. Yeah, I think when it comes to alongside Ben, throwing Trenton Watford there, you know, Royce and Dave, FS, I'd throw just like the best shooters around him. You know, the Nets don't have necessarily elite sort of three-point shooting, but you know, I wouldn't really want to see, you know, the Dennis Smith Jr. playing alongside Ben Simmons yep. in, in large combinations unless that three-point shot suddenly comes back like it did in October for one month <laughs> uh, back in Charlotte. But yeah, I think it's going to be about 
And the Nets do lack a little bit of three-point shooting. So whether you keep Cam and DFS alongside Ben and you know, Trendon Watford and some other guys here or there, there's combinations that could be had. Um, but insane, uh, Nick. You know, Nick Claxton started shooting the three, apparently. How much do you read into the off-season stuff we've seen from Nick Claxton? Because I think it's it's a little bit more than that three-point shot that we have seen. You know, I think his free-throw shooting is steady enough. Now we've seen a, a pretty large sample size after our reservations in last year's postseason against Boston where he, he was a, a little bit shaky, but he got that to like, you know, 65, sort of mid-60% number, which is reasonable enough for a big man. How are you feeling about Nick Claxton's off-season and how he could, that could translate to him as a Brooklyn Net overall? Yeah, one quick note on the free throw thing, too, is that he was confident. You know, he wasn't scared of the free throw line. And I think that was very important and kind of showcases his work and, you know, want to get better. But looking at his runs, I think you look at a lot of players and you say, oh, man, they're just doing that in the offseason, probably not going to do that in an NBA game. I think the one thing about Nick Claxton that gives you a little bit more hope is some of these things he was doing in college. And some of these things were likely for his NBA game before he had that shoulder injury. So the three-point shot, I think, is a possibility. Is it very likely? I'm not sure. But I think the off the dribble stuff and attacking the rim is definitely something we're going to see more of this year. We saw him kind of improve in that area last season, show some really, really good flashes. And also just his ability to use his athleticism, his balance, his ability to contort, contort his body, you know, and score at different angles. I think that's just going to be an area where he can really help the Nets this year because they're going to need more offense, especially from him if he's going to play a large role in this team, which he likely will. Yeah, never underestimate the contract year for any sure. NBA player. And I think that Nick Claxton is going to show out. He showed out last year, and I think he got a little less credit than he deserved once KD and Kyrie left. I think that he should have been a bit higher in terms of the adulation and the the, the praise that he was getting. But, you know, the three-point shot is something that I'm somewhat intrigued by because, you know, we look back to Jared Allen, and that three-point shot was something that was just... It was just never going to happen. You know, I just don't think that he had confidence in it. I don't think he was really confident. Uh, he, just the general demeanor and character of Jared Allen was a bit more low-key to the more bombastic, a bit more extroverted Nick Claxton. And I think Nick Claxton could be a guy that's just like, you know what? I want to come in and shoot four threes a game. And whether you guys miss him or don't, like I'm I'm just really intrigued if he actually does do that. You know, I, if it's just like an, an off-season video to be like, whoa Nick Claxton shooting threes then it's just like well then what's the point like really like if you're not going to actually show us uh, in a real and meaningful way come the NBA season pre-season like if in the pre-season gets tonight and he misses them all cool then it's just like don't do them in the regular season but if he shoots yeah. them and there's some fluidity you know, he's shooting them while he's completely open sort of like a, a Bruce Brown or, or just guys that you know, when they're totally open, you take those shots. You know, he, he might not be Brook Lopez, you know, former Brooklyn net great who turned into an amazing three-point shooter thanks to Kenny Atkinson. But I, I, I just want to see it, Nick. And obviously all the other things in terms of the offensive growth, awareness, you know, the just as a, the, the, the general five-man skills that you have as a, a guy who rolls, his athleticism is incredible. You know, his body contorting, he showed so much in terms of creating for himself, in terms of just taking it to the line, finishing with his left, finishing with his right. So if he can add a three-point shot, man, then th the shit's over. Like the Nets are gonna have to pay this guy $40 million a year. Maybe that's a little bit optimistic, but yeah, there's there's something that intrigues me about Clack City, Nick. There's something that intrigues, that's always intrigued us about Clack City. And 
Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna have, uh, make another jump offensively this year. How big that jump will be remains to be seen. Yeah, he shot 26 of 86 in college, 18 of 64 his final season. So that's 30% for his career, 28% in the last year. But like you said, I think if there's opportunities to maybe shoot the three during the regular season, you know, end of the shot clock, good opportunities, the team is up, whatever it might be. You know, you see if you can kind of get that to work in. It's obviously going to ultimately be kind of up to the coaches and the game plan in which they want from uh, Clax. But the other areas I definitely think will get better, just more reps, getting comfortable on the floor. I think he's going to come back even stronger than he was last year. So I'm excited to see him out there and see what he does in his contract year. Now, in terms of other big men, Nick, the Nets have been linked to Harry Giles. And I'm uh, Harry Giles is, is just a Harry Giles III, sorry. He's been doing some workouts here or there, including the Nets, the Orlando Magic, Golden State Warriors. Now, when we did a little bit of research and we were chatting about him, I was surprised to hear that he's only 25 years old and he's got a lot of talent. I think that in terms of adding some depth to that big man position um, in whatever capability that you can, I'd do it, Nick. You know, I think this guy's got so much talent. I think his body, if you have the the confidence in the medicals behind the scenes, Harry Giles could contribute maybe more meaningfully than any other Nets big other than Nick Claxton. You know, you could see him, you know, overtaking a Trenton Watford or a Dayron Sharp. Why not take the flyer on him? Yeah, he's a guy that we have talked about back in his, you know, draft class season. You know, he was connected to the Nets then, obviously very unlucky with his injury history. I think coming out of high school, he was the number one prospect. So really interesting. You know, there was also an article about him earlier this year, Jason Tatum kind of advocating for him to be able to sign, you know, two-way contracts because of the injury and that kind of removing NBA season. So if the Nets can sign him on a two-way deal, see what you have and see where it goes from there. You know, I don't see why not. You know, he's a he does have a ton of talent. It's kind of getting healthy, getting confident, getting back in the flow. Is he necessarily going to turn into a good NBA player? Maybe, maybe not. But it's he's worth the flyer if the Nets liked what they saw at the workout. He's definitely worth the flyer, Nick. Yeah. But anything else, Jack, before we get out of here? Nah, we'll be doing some some special episodes going forward. And if anything pops up, you know that the buzz will be covering it. Yes, sir. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks for everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.